The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Live! From MMA Fighting Studios, this is Between the Links. And now, your host, Mike Heck. The iconic voice of Esther Lynn welcomes you to a brand new edition of BTL. Happy Thursday to us all. Happy February to us all. And we're back for our monthly fan Q&A edition of the program and the timing couldn't be more perfect for this, my friends, because it's kind of a weird week in the MMA space. Not a ton of news that we could really talk about. So some things have happened. Some things are kind of floating around social media, perhaps that are making me a bit sad, maybe a little angry. But I'm not all the way there yet, but maybe we'll get there on this episode. And speaking of angry, joining me in this venture this week to answer your questions, Mr. Hot Take, Mr. No Gray Area, the Cannonball Kid, the man who has done scientific research and is here to tell us, and I think I'm getting this right, Jed, goats and chickens can live in perfect harmony. Is that what it was? Is that what you came up with? I mean, they can, but they're just not the same animal. Like I've, I've talked to doctors of animal husbandry. I've, I've researched, you know, I've, I've done the research, do your own research guys. I mean, you guys can all go out there and do your own, but I've, I've done it for you and chickens cannot be goats. This is just how that works. I just, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I love this gimmick so much. And, uh, let us also say hello to producer extraordinaire. I'm sure he'll be chiming in from time to time on some of this stuff. Mr. E Casey Lydon. And guess what, everybody? It's Mr. 3024's birthday. Happy birthday, E. Casey Lydon. Uh, 29, I yes, assume? 29, yes. Um, um, uh, 29 is a big one. Um, I think you can rent a car or like a, rent a Tesla now. 
or something. I don't, I don't know what happens at 29, but yes, 29. So it's exciting. Um, Woo. Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, to Casey and of course, AK, because every day is his oh. birthday. So before we get into the bit of potential breaking news that has caused me and others to lose their minds a little bit, a uh, bit of an announcement because a, a lot of times we do these shows, we do the live streams, we do the Q&As, and we get the peeps involved. And over the, the last couple of years, some of you have made suggestions. These suggestions have increased over time. We also get complaints. Why do the same people get their questions on the screen? Why is it all the same people get their questions asked and answered? Well, we've seen it and heard it all. So we've taken those suggestions, we've listened to those complaints, and now for the first time, MMA fighting, we have Super Chats. That's right. It's obviously an optional thing. You could still watch the show and participate for free. But people have asked us to do this, and the beauty of this is if you participate in the Super Chats, you get to the top of the damn list. So if you're sick of seeing the same people asking questions – participate in the super chat and you get to hop skip and jump right over them we'll answer those before anybody else and jed you had an idea in a meeting and i think maybe we introduce this here maybe we add a roast jed Mashu segment to the end of this program for all the super chatters out there because i'm sure there are people out there watching this here program that will drop a couple of bucks to give you a piece of their mind why I mean, that's just ridiculous. I think everyone loves me. I feel like we've established this, Mike. I'm the only honest man in MMA media, you know, <laughs> and clearly the smartest. Like, I'm, I'm the only one doing this kind of research in MMA media. All these bozos out here, they know it. They're, they're fans. No one want to say mean things to me, Mike. Well, if you would like to, you have the option. And uh, Jed will be happy to take those and maybe prove your theories wrong. Maybe uh, – Make you feel a little bit better about how we're feeling about life and about this great sport. So we might as well just talk about the elephant in the room here, gentlemen. Jed, Dustin Poirier took to Twitter not long ago. It's a picture of him training as one would do, getting ready for a fight, a big fight. Uh, posted this at 12.02 p.m., which was 34 minutes ago right now. He's got a smile on his face, and the tweet says simply this. My fight's off, but still working. And with this little tweet, everyone is losing their minds right now. Now, I will tell you this. We here at MAFighting.com, we do not take this as gospel, even though it is an honest man, Dustin Poirier, not a liar. We still have to do our due diligence. We've talked to numerous people with knowledge of this. No one knows anything about this so this this tweet has come out of nowhere essentially but let's just say jed we take dustin poirier at his word and this fight with benoit santini which is scheduled for five rounds co-main event of ufc 299 is off what would your reaction be how tough is this news i'm i have my hat here that i'm gonna chuck across the room if we can confirm this news that's how upset i'll be how upset will you be how devastating is this to everything going on a lightweight right now in the year of doing the thing for the ufc 
It'll kind of suck, right? I mean, like, aside from the fact that, I mean, not even kind of. I got, this is so weird because of all of the things that have happened are happening behind the scenes right now, right? Of no one knowing anything about this except for Poirier's tweet. And it wouldn't be like him to just sort of lie. You know, that's <laughs> this isn't like a Connor thing where he's just having a laugh over it. So very odd. It would suck because this fight is, you know, we've got a lot of great fights on the schedule. Schedule. This is top five of them. Like Poirier BSD. That's that's one of the front runners for fight of the year right there. And it also sucks because like three hundred is sort of we've got Armand Sarukian versus Charles Oliveira happening. We've got Justin Gaethje fighting, and there's sort of no one for Islam to fight at the moment, and except for maybe a quicker turnaround coming off of that. And we talked before, Mike. Like, well. Maybe just the winner of this sort of gets to slot in. Poirier or BSD goes out there, gets a really impressive finish. They might just fit the timeline better for Islam's next fight. If this fight is off, I don't know who could step in to replace Poirier because the wording makes it seem like it would be off for Benoit Saint-Denis. So I, it really just turns lightweight sort of upside down unless what is happening is this fight is off because Dana has – brokered a deal with Nate Diaz and we're doing Dustin Poirier Nate Diaz for the main event of UFC 300 which I don't think is at all likely but like I I'm just trying to scramble for why this would be happening when it appears that from everything at least kind of quick reaction no one knows what that anything's going on here this is the weirdest thing it's because you if Dustin tweets something like that, you're like, oh shit let's go and and try to figure this out and get confirmation but literally everybody's like News to me, first I've heard of this. It's everybody, like literally everybody we have asked about this. That is the reaction. So how weird is this, Casey? It's a very strange thing. And what did you think as soon as you saw that tweet? Yeah, it's just weird and kind of, um, I, don't, I don't know if out of character is the right word, but uh, I just don't recall something like this, like Dustin putting out. When the, when the, Nate, when the Nate and Dustin fight fell off, what was his story? How did that come out publicly? Was it Nate that did all the I'm out or or how did that – D- Dustin, to... got, Dustin got hurt, did he not? Oh, was that I'm, – I'm, 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 I might be confusing. I'm excited. Was, was it wasn't like a weird press I'm conference or weird face-off? Sh- well, so no, because it happened twice, right? Wasn't Poirier and Nate were like – officially set and then one time was kind of rumored but one time oh. i feel like poirier got it injured hip, it, was one, oh. it was a hip yeah, injury it was a hip injury and then right. and then one time it was just like nate was like i never agreed to this at all <laughs> i don't i don't know why you guys are talking about this okay they did well, a, my, they did a that, rooftop face off in new york city like a couple months yeah. before that that was like the official announcement of the card and of the fight and they did the the face off and everything but then yeah poirier got hurt and that uh, yeah. withdraw. Nate's Nate's been calling it a win ever since. <laughs> but I think mostly what Jed said. This just kind of goes with the storyline. Is just everything's just weird with the UFC in terms of how they how how we get news or get updates from the UFC. Either it's Dana White on a Friday night at two a.m. telling us fights, or Dustin Poirier with random tweets for a co-main event and happening in a, what a month, a month and a half. So. Uh, I don't know what to say. It's um, it's weird. Prom- it's weird promotion if it's not true. It's very weird promotion. Well, we are working on trying to confirm this news. So if we do, we will let you know, and the hat will also, fly. Also, 
So I pulled up 299 to look at it. One, fight card still bangs, so we we good there. It's mm-hmm. like it's obviously lessened if this is off, still bangs. Uh I don't have any issue just kind of throwing RDA out the boat here and just popping Matouche Gam right in there against Poirier. Be fine with making that swap and RDA can do whatever. You know? Little teammate versus mm. teammate action. Little ATT like, versus that'd be, ATT. That'd be fun. I mean, that'd be fun. If not, you could, I guess, just throw Gamrod out the boat <laughs> and <laughs> and do do RDA versus Poirier. Either one is actually fine. Like, we should just keep Dustin Poirier on two ninety nine unless they have some grander plans for him. Save Gamrod for it, like it, it, it again. We don't yeah. know anything. This is just a tweet. Like, if Santini is hurt or whatever, and has to be. Hey, Matouche, you're not fighting at 299 on this mega stack card. Uh, we're going to save you for when Santini is better and you can go fight that animal. And honestly, like prior to them announcing the Poirier Benoit Santini, like that would have made more sense to me as a as a realistic outcome of like, yeah, RDA is a legend. Poirier, that feels more like a fight he would take than a BSD. And like BSD wants to climb the ranks. Gamrot sort of in the way of things because the UFC doesn't seem to want to throw him into a title fight really so like we just end with that which is a fine outcome like I'd watch the hell out of Dustin Poirier RDA I hope this fight remains but we'll keep you posted stay with us here and more than me fighting after the show if we uh, cannot confirm this information alright let's go to the peeps right. see what they want to talk about oh holy oh. moly Holy moly. Hold on. Hold on. Oh. Our, f- our first one. No. Our first one. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm I'm pumped about what the hell this is going to be. Hey! We okay. got our first Jed Rojet. Looks like homeless guy. <laughs> I'm not sure you've uh. ever seen a homeless person, but okay. <laughs> it's Jed's like first day of being homeless. You know, like yeah, after like, no year two you're gonna look you know you're gonna look like a homeless guy but first day homeless that's jed right now so okay (laughs) five dollars well spent (laughs) thanks dan thank you dan it's all out of love though jed this seems that that seems like a loving tweet i mean i feel like there are just a lot better ways to come at me than whatever that is (laughs) so do better is all i'm There's saying like wow wow there are plenty of ways to attack me i'm i'm not, I'm not out here pretending i'm perfect uh but it just feels like that's weak uh, all right what else we got keep them coming keep them coming Oops, sorry. not just that but the questions about mma as well uh kevin lee fits into the new 165 pound division i don't know where this 165 pound division yeah. stuff is coming from i get this a lot i saw a social media account i think tweeted out like a week ago that the big announcement uh, regarding ufc 300 was going to be the introduction of the 165 pound weight class and 175 pound weight class and that like 170 would be no more and maybe that's why kevin lee came out yesterday and unretired i don't think any of this is going to be true but Kevin Lee did retire, I guess. Jed, you seem thrilled. You seem stunned by this revelation that Kevin Lee is no longer retired after spending a extreme amount of time on the sidelines, all six months of it. Your reaction to this and maybe the UFC introducing these new divisions that Dana has been staunchly against from moment one. Oh, oh, yeah, they're for sure not doing that. <laughs> 
before we answer that, before we answer that. I see the pain in your eyes, Dad. Another two dollars, Dad. All right. <laughs> Again, what where would the pain even be from, Dan? Like homeless isn't an insult. That's just a statement of fact. Like, if I don't have a home, I have one. I'm in it right now. <laughs> Come at me for some other shit, bro. I don't know. I don't, Call I don't me ugly. See, That's fine. I only see one wall. I don't see it. We can't. We don't. We don't gotta throw a full three sixty view. You could. This could be. You could be in a cardboard box right now. We don't know. We don't know. We're playing Wi Fi. Just saying. Uh, I'm Dan. I got it, Dan. Dan. It's also possible you're seeing the pain in my eyes from hearing this dumb bullshit about a 165 pound weight class. It's just <laughs> not happening. Like we don't have to, I truly don't understand the pull to this for some people. Like who cares? <laughs> it is, if it happened, that'd be fine. Like I wouldn't care. It's just not going to because 170 is such a marquee division for the sport historically. They're just not going to walk away from that. Like arguably 170 at this point is the most important division in the history of certainly the UFC, just because they've had a pretty clear run of, really good fighters hold that belt time over time like 205 had had bigger names but also 205 had Yuri, you know yuri prohashka jan blahovich was a champion at 205 like no one's that pumped about that historically they're just not going to get rid of 170 at least not while dana's around and then maybe maybe at some point they would go back and conform to whatever because i think either they did the abc adopt the like new weight classes i know one of the commissions at least did to be like yeah we should do weight classes or some things i just why do you care kevin lee's issue is not that there's not a 165 pound weight class it's that he's not good at fighting and that's just the problem man like five pounds is not insignificant it is not the end-all be-all of your career i know this because look at the myriad fighters who succeeded despite, you know, not competing in their optimal weight classes. Frank Yeager won the fucking lightweight belt and he's a 135er his whole career. Like, it's just, it's five pounds. Either find a way to cut that naturally or add five of bulk. We aren't, like, we just don't need to do this. It, it has always been a massive pet peeve of mine. Yeah, like, it's not optimal. Sure, and there are probably fighters out there that it would be more optimal for it to be a 152 weight class. And we're not bending over backwards and crying over the spilt milk of their careers because it's just unnecessary. Like, you live with it. Sometimes life didn't hand you the perfect set of cards. Find a way to make 170 or whatever. We're not going to do 165. We don't need to do it. They don't need to add more weight classes realistically. They probably just need to get rid of heavyweight and like a couple other weight classes. So, uh, no, this isn't happening. Kevin Lee's unretiring because he's still a young man who can make money in this sport. And I don't know, like I, maybe he could, I'm sure he could make money elsewhere, but like, He's going to make a lot more money in MMA than probably a lot of other careers. And also, you know, Casey, you've been around fighters. Do they ever retire? Do they ever think that they're done and want to leave? No, they just want to do it. Yeah, you know what I was going to say? I think we need another word that's not retirement, but that just means I just want to take like a year and a half off. Sabbatical. just a sabbatical. Yeah, yeah. I, but I feel like fighters aren't announced they, they, they can only say retirement. I mean, maybe do fighters say that? I mean, am I, am I forgetting a, a well-known fighter is saying, "Hey, I'm just gonna take like a year nope. off." I mean, either- GSP said he was gonna take a little break, <laughs> and then was gone for four years. But 
<clears throat> no one says I'm just going to take, or they just say I'm going to take time off, and then that's sort indeterminate amount of time, right? So then people are like, does that mean six months? Yeah, because the whole thing I, I think I go I go back to Amanda Nunes. Hello, I go back to bring up Amanda Nunes. Um, what she said makes a lot of sense. Fighting at such a high level, fighting as a full time pro fighter for the last fifteen years or so, dude, I get it. You just got to take a break. You know, just for your, you know, your 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 sanity, you might you might be performing great that week. You look great that week, but we don't see the mental just distress they're under just every day. You know, so and they need there's it. There's no it's, it's, off season. Yeah, no like, off season. Especially for champions, like, like high level fighters, they're they're fighting five round fights at least. They're going against the best in the world constantly, not just a fight, but the best. Like. That's like a Super Bowl every three months, I guess. You know, it's, it's insane. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to trash fighters for the whole, I thought you retired, why are you coming back? But it is, we do need it. I feel like we need better language for these fighters. But they, they need better language when they talk about this stuff. It's been such a weird run for the guy. I mean, from the Charles Oliveira loss, which was like the first event the UFC did with like out a crowd because COVID happened. Then he's out for a year and a half, fights Daniel Rodriguez, loses. Then he's out for like another year and a half. He's out of the UFC. He goes to Eagle FC and he fights Diego Sanchez, wins a lackluster decision, gets hurt. And then he's out another almost year and a half, comes back to the UFC and just gets colded by Hanat Fakratinov and then retired after that. So I, it's it's just weird. Now, so so I guess I'll pose this question to both of you guys, whoever wants to answer. I don't know what his contract situation looks like. I don't know if he has fights left in his UFC deal. I'm not sure. If you're the UFC, Jed, how do you handle this? If Kevin Lee comes back, do you take him on? If he wants to leave, do you even fight him on this? And if he's a full-on free agent, What's the best spot for Kevin Lee right now? And is it the UFC? If he wants to, if he wants to leave, I don't fight him on it. There's, it's not. But uh, if he, you know, if he doesn't come to me and say, "Hey, I want to go test my market," but like, all right, I give him a fight, and I would just have him get clobbered by some dude at welterweight because people still seem to like him. Like he is still, he generates headlines. People know, like that's why we're talking about this, despite the fact that he has like two wins in his last eight fights or something insane like that and to my previous point uh one of them is diego sanchez at 165 and i gotta tell you i don't think him not having to cut the additional 10 pounds helped him in that fight he looked like trash against a washed ass diego sanchez so uh if he wants to keep fighting for the ufc um i i would employ him as a star platform booster like as the trampoline to bigger things for somebody at the weight class who's maybe outside of the rankings right now, um, someone who they you know have a bit of a shine to and say, all right, uh, come in and kill Kevin Lee real fast, and uh, that'll be great for you. And then when Kevin Lee stops being able to do that, then he can go on his way and do it else. But at the same time, he comes and says, hey, I want to go try my hand elsewhere, do something else, but okay, totally fine. Like I'm not going to fight him over – leaving the organization but if he stays i am not giving him a helping hand at all i i completely understand that from like a, a ufc business perspective but let's just say casey kevin lee can go wherever he wants what do you think's the best spot for him right now is it the ufc is it 
maybe try to sneak into PFL, which by the way, not a ton of roster spots. What do we have? I want to bring up this, that what you just said with this comment, with this question. Do you think PFL should open up a 165 pound weight class and move 170 to 175 as a way to be different from the UFC? Okay. Maybe PFL. That'd be totally fine. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I really like this suggestion because I'm, I'm not hundred percent with Jed about the weight class thing, but I also am over the whole Kevin Lee could have been a champion if there was 165. I don't believe that either, but I do believe, I do believe at, especially at the highest level, 10 pounds from 155 to 175, 15 pounds is too, it's just too much. And I think the sport's big and I feel the sport's big enough, um, especially in, in that weight class to change it up a bit like this. So uh, I would like to say that. So I think this is awesome. I wish PFL did that. I think this would be a really smart move for PFL and I'd be totally fine with it. Again, I'm not opposed to doing it. I just don't care. I do not think it is a travesty of justice that there is not a 165 pound weight class. I think it's just fine. <laughs> like it's totally reasonable or whatever, because I, 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 what I really don't, I really don't want us to be boxing. I really don't want MMA to have weight classes every five to seven pounds. Like that's just entirely unnecessary uh, in my mind. But as a way to differentiate yourself from the UFC, it's a terrific idea. Um, and particularly with them, it's not like they have, I mean, one, their lightweight champion has retired, so fine in that regard. Two, do who who was their welterweight champ? It's Magma Magma Karimov right now. Yeah, that's fine. Bump him five pounds, he'll live. Um, I think this would be a totally reasonable way to to maneuver this if you want to be the BFL. And hey, I, by the way, Kevin Lee fought at one sixty five before. He did. It was Diego Sanchez was, was trash. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what, what, what he People did? People forget what, what, that was an official 165 pound. Diego fight. Sanchez was the 165 pound fight. He was yeah. awful. We're introducing this division. We're different, baby. I don't remember a big Eagle FC card since since then. That was. I think that was their last American show. The last American yeah, that was show. The last one. Yeah. I think it was. Not a hundred on that, but I think it was. Was that the, was that the card with JDS and um, DeCastro? Was that the same card? Yes. Or was I that different? I believe that's correct. No. There's just separate cards. Yeah, those are both Eagle FC, right? Yeah, they're both Eagle FC. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the main event was Rizvan. The the co-main was Rizvan Cunha versus Anthony Hamilton, Ray Borg, Ricky Bandejas, Impa Casagani lost on that card. Ikram Alaskara fought on that card. Impa lost on that card. Wow. Impa lost to uh, Raymond Magomed Aliyev in a welterweight fight. What a strange career that gentleman has had. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and now he's fighting now he's fighting Johnny Eblen next or in a couple <laughs> he's weeks. He's a 205 pound champion. Now he's fighting Johnny Eblen, the Bellator middleweight champion in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Golly. Yeah. All right. Man, Dude. they don't PFL slash Bellator doesn't even have like a ton of dudes to build that weight class, which is the other sort of I mean, they could build it, but God, they not I, I'm looking at their roster, like their rough rosters right now, and it's just like both have pretty weak welterweight divisions. <laughs> so, like, because that's what you would assume is that 165 would just mostly be welterweights. Like, there'd be some dudes who would not be able to cut, but like Brennan Ward's probably dropping an extra five to get to 165, you know? Um, yeah. We'll see. I, I just... It would take them some time to grow it, but uh, I do think that 
like holistically terrific idea. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down and new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I think Kevin Lee should uh, go to game. That's a terrific, that's a terrific name. <laughs> Special <laughs> I want to be okay. I want to be clear. Uh, I pitched last year a uh, a program. Can you, can you, read, it for, can you read it for the podcast listeners? I don't have the pitch around me, but uh, I pitched a program called Judge Jed, where oh. it's pretty obvious exactly what's happening. But special education is a terrific idea. <laughs> <laughs> also, Jed talks has been a. I feel like that one. Is is a good solo. Do, do we get Nick's? Do we get? Did that get eighty six by legal? Jed talk. We we like loosely brought it up to them, and it was like oh, I'm not sure about that. Uh, I feel like we could be okay with it, but uh, yeah. I think we ultimately decided not to go down that road. Maybe just ask for forgiveness afterward. I don't know. <laughs> come on, is, do you think TED Talks really going to come at us? I think that seems unlikely. <laughs> All right, uh, a lot of Jed. A lot of, a lot of, uh, Jed, let's I, discuss our combined two law degrees and zero lawyer sensibilities. I have terrific lawyer sensibilities. I don't know what you're talking about. I can't speak for you, Max, um, but I decided not to be an attorney. I think that's like the the sign of having great lawyer sensibilities because every lawyer I know hates themselves and their job. Almost every, not everyone, but 
like 90% of them just absolutely hate the profession. Yeah. Well, when people say they're lawyers, they never like go, I'm a lawyer, like with, like, like with a big smile. It was just like, yeah, lawyer. Like, no, because there are two, Casey, there's a reason for this. Because either you can be a lawyer and make a lot of money and sell at least a piece of your soul in however you're doing it. Or you can make no money, but like feel good about what you're doing. That's not a great combination for a career. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm a public defender and I work 80 hours a week, but man, I saved this dude's life and I got three sandwiches uh, as my payment for this and I still have massive amounts of debt. Or I do M&A for a Fortune 50 company and I just crush some mom and pop with legalese. But goddamn, if I don't have like a, a sick ass beach house, like those are your choices. <laughs> Did you watch um, um, Better Call Saul, the TV show? Uh, I haven't finished it, but I've seen a fair amount. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was just kind of interested because um, it reminded me of the, the two lawyer spectrums that you just kind of mentioned. I mean, that's two, pretty yeah. much it. Like, it's, yeah, that's, 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 it made me think of that. Yeah. Tremendous uh, show. <clears throat> oh, here Remember we go. Get the super chats in. You get to hop to the front of the line. Uh, from Zeno Gray. Thank you, Zeno Gray. If Jan loses to Song Yidong, that's four in a row. Would that be cause for the cut list, Jed Mishu? And not the Oldsmobile, like the actual UFC cut list where you're no longer employed by the biggest promotion in the world. Do you think the UFC would go that far if he loses to Song Yidong at UFC 299? Deeply unlikely that he's cut list, but he gets – He's on watch, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think if he loses to Jan's four in a row and then that's five of six, right? Because the Aljo DQ um, with Sandhagen as the lone win. The Sandhagen as a lone win is a terrific win. Um, so that's doing great work. But anytime you lose four in a row, it doesn't matter who you're losing to or the circumstances in which that occurs. It's really, really tough to sort of ever bounce back from that. Um, I've made kind of a point of mentioning this the past few years. Like Andre Arlovsky is, to my knowledge, and I've sort of, I've looked into this pretty hard. The only like legitimate fighter who had multiple losing streaks of four or more and was able to rebound and like have a decently successful career. It is just so unlikely because when you lose four in a row, even if they're to high end competition, it's still like. Okay, now you're Marlon Marais. Like all the dudes that got him were good. And then at some point it just doesn't matter because so much of this sport is tied into confidence as well. And it's hard to be confident when you've lost four straight, you know? So I won't like he won't get cut, but he'll probably get a step like a bigger step back. And the question then becomes is Pyrian just like a dude who's now the the springboard into the top fifteen for some young talent? Or can he get the wheels back on track? Because, like, he could definitely lose to Song. Like, Song is a damn good fighter. And he's going to be in a real, real weird spot because years ago, heck, a year and a half ago, I think most people still thought he was the best, you know, bantamweight in the world. Many people on our ranking panel had him as the <laughs> number one coming. dude, like, heading into 2022. So it's... It's just tough. Like it's game of inches, baby. I'm going to say a big no if if song. I'm sorry if Jan loses a song, and mostly because 
you got to look at the actual fights themselves and the strength of competition. Um, Al Jermaine, Sean O'Malley, Marab. I mean, all guys top three, basically. Um, so if basically if Jan, to me, if Jan uses, Jan loses a song, we just, now we just have a better, a better, a better, more accurate view of kind of where, where Jan is in his career. Because uh, we look back at the, uh, it, I hate saying this, <laughs> the Aljamain fight, I had Jan winning the, the split decision. I actually had Jan winning the fight against O'Malley. I understand why people went. Sean O'Malley. I had, Jan, I had Jan beating O'Malley, but I don't. Yeah, I, it's not a robbery, right. but I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, it's not robbery. That's not, I'm just saying he, he's losing. He was losing incredible competitive fights. Now losing to Marab, that's just that was just a star making performance by Marab. That's all I see that has. I don't really see that against um, Jan. The song though, if he loses the song, song clearly is a future title contender. Um, we just maybe find out Jan is just that kind of the highest level gatekeeper, I guess, at bantamweight. <laughs> Okay, but Casey, let me let me paint you a picture here. He loses the song. He's on a four. You know, he's lost four in a row. He has minimal leverage at all. And I think thirty years old. Oh, on leverage a four sucks. Fight, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> his leverage is gone. Four, thirty years old, four fight losing streak. Uh, does that not feel like a setup for them to just be like, "Hey, homie, you got to fight Umar," and then then that's five in a row because Umar gonna hand him his ass. And then where where are you? Like it's he needs to win this fight really really badly. It's my point. I don't think he'll lose his job, but like he desperately needs to beat Song Yudong. When this when this fight was made, if you're Jan's people, do you make this fight, or do you ask for someone no. outside of the top ten? I don't. I I, I just you don't make I it. Why? Huh. I think because why? of what Judd said, if he loses, and this is a fight you can lose. I mean, I understand. Yeah, but he like, you can do that with anybody, though. Like he could yeah, lose to Jonathan like, Martinez, and that's a I, way like on paper, that's a way worse loss. Yeah. So in my head, when I say that, um, I am, and I've I've said this a lot. I'm of the opinion that tune-up fights rule and are useful, and I would have asked for a little bit of help here. I'm mean, like, hey, don't give me a top 15 dude. Like just give me some guy I can mow down and that'll be sick. Uh, build the confidence back up, do it. Or like Figgy. I feel like I could that was a good, Figgy. That, you, that, that was actually the fight to make, but now we're getting garbage. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, that's the fight to make, Mike. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> but if I'm Jan, Figgy or Garbrandt feel like – yeah. Again, he can beat Song Yudong. Of course. I would be trying to get the softest ball I could if I'm Jan's people, and I don't think Song Yudong is a softball by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> no. It's and again, I think – and the problem – and again, and this is real meta stupid sort of, because Song's like highly ranked in the UFC's rankings, even if Jan loses this and is on a four-fight losing streak, he's still going to be a top 10 ranked in their rankings, which really sets him up to be the next guy for Umar. And buddy, no one should fight Umar. <laughs> like just avoid at all costs because then that's five in a row and I don't even know what happens at that point for him. So it's a tough ask. This is a tough fight for him. Uh, Godspeed, Piotr Jan. Who do you think? Who do you think Umar's fighting? I don't know because I just don't know who makes sense. Because like I would have thought Corey, but then Corey went on the MMA and was like, "No." So I true. truly have no idea. Marab, like Marab, might be crazy enough to take that Marab's fight. Marab's fighting Cejudo. Oh, I forgot that that's happening. 
Oh yeah. Um, then I don't where, have where's, a where's Umar ranked at? Sorry. In our in the uh, UFC, in, he's, in he's UFC's thirteen. Thirteen. See, that's the wild part. He's thirteen. We're, we're talking like Umar, like he's top five. The way we talk about him, it's wild. But because he I would get it, I get dust it. all of the dudes above him. <laughs> I like the Jonathan. I like honestly, like, and I, I when I said that about Jonathan Martinez, I wasn't saying that in a bad way. He's a very good fighter, but like on paper, n- people don't know who he is. So like, the gusto isn't quite there, dude. Jonathan Martinez versus Umar Nurmagomedov's fun ass fight. Like that idea sure a lot. Fight. And I think if you're Jonathan that Martinez, be because I of think- because of where he's at right now, mm-hmm. because of how people view him, like a really good fighter, but a guy who probably is going to have a very long road to get to a title <laughs> fight. I'm Jonathan Martinez. I'm jumping all over that opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's a great fight for Martinez and Umar, actually. Although it won't jump up Umar in the rankings as far as he probably won't. But for Jonathan Martinez, dude, you take that fight. Because if you lose, yep. you're expected to lose. And you're kind of, I think you're in the same spot, even if you lose against Umar for, for Martinez. Yeah, I think that that's – it's one of the few people who actually can like it's not not awful for him to take it. Uh I'm just looking at the UFC's rankings. Rob Bond. Uh, I don't think Rob's I mean, taking that fight so quick. I just, I'm just it was like it's timeline is weird there. Yeah, yeah it yeah. seems was, like really quick for Rob. I'm kinda I'm kinda just throwing names. Because Rob would make sense as in like Rob can't demand shit. He's lost four or five or whatever. So uh is Pedro booked? Yeah, he's fighting um Kyler Phillips, two ninety nine. Yeah, okay. Uh then no. Uh yeah, Jonathan Martinez is probably the answer because I can't find one else because I strongly doubt Dominic Cruz is doing that. No, I don't think so. Not not Wait, on that, that would be sick. All right. Next question. Next super chat question. Ooh, let's go. Let's go. Back to back from Zeno Gray. Been super chatting with you. It has been. Who holds the bantamweight and welterweight belts at the start of 2025? I think uh, 170. I think we're all going to be on the same page with 170 for some reason. And I think the I, name begins with an S and ends in Afkat Rachmanov. Yeah, I. Uh, so when we did our, I mean, I think you can go check because we all should have given our stuff, and maybe that's changed for some people now. But I don't. It wouldn't have changed in these weight classes, right? Because nothing is developed out there uh my pick was shavkat welterweight i still feel pretty good about that one um the only issue is timing really like we are everyone in the world at this point is expecting Bilal versus leon edwards to be either 301 or 302 booking um probably 302 if 301 as rumored is the fight that fight card that happens in brazil so if they're going to brazil you're you're just putting Alex Pereira versus whoever is in line at light heavyweight. If that if Jamal Hill can make that, and then uh, you know Pantoja feels like he would be the co-main event if you're going to Brazil for 301 pay-per-view, which then slides back to 302 for Leon, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, I feel fine. Shavkat at 170, 135. I took a bold, bold choice and voted Cheeto. Uh, and I had a very specific reason. I don't feel great about it, but that's still probably my guess. So I believe Cheeto is going to beat Sean O'Malley, and this will not be any definition of fair or reasonable, but uh, they'll just run that fight right back. Yeah, I went with Sean O'Malley at 135 because it's a vibes thing, and I just think vibes are on his side. And you know what? Even if Sean wins and it's like somewhat competitive, you could just run it a third time because they each have a one win over each other. 
And I don't know. I think if Sean wins, he's not defending the belt again this year. I think he's going to oh, go try to box. And that was my thing. Whatever. I think so, if Sean oh, wins, more he's of a not scheduling thing. He just again. he'll fight once, and just no one's going to even. Have yeah, a he'll chance. try to bo- he'll try to box and f- try to get the UFC to join him in this adventure. Well, and I got to tell you. Maybe he fights Cejudo if Cejudo beats Marab. But if Marab beats Cejudo, he's just not fighting Marab. He's just not going to do that. And he's not like – I guess he could fight Corey, but I'm still not sure he's fighting Corey. So Bantamweight is about to be where Lightweight was in 2016 and just totally fucked. It's going to be interesting. All right. Everyone got? needs to hope Cheeto wins. Like legitimately, everyone who wants Bantamweight to be a fun functioning division needs Cheeto to win. All right. Do, do, do. Next question from our super chat from Michael Harris. Michael Harris, would you My, be okay with Izzy? D- so a lot of people feel yes. like Izzy DDP is going to headline UFC 300. Should they hold this one back? And do it in South Africa instead. Um, no, I think you just take it. Like it's there. You already fumbled this ball once. Don't do it again. You got to strike. If if they were already planning to go to South Africa this year, then sure, yep, yeah, you wait. Um, but that's not on the books now, and probably not for the foreseeable future. Um, also, there is certainly a part of me that's just like way cooler like if ddp beats izzy at ufc 300 his next title fight should be in south africa you got plenty of time to set that up at the end of the year or maybe early 2025 against you know a rematch with strickland or hamzad or whoever it is can just be in south africa and we then all get the bonus of not having the uh overtly racist um true african champion storyline so that'd just be a win for all of us if that's not like part of this. So uh I if it was an option that was easy, sure. No. Take Izzy, DDP, do it three hundred. Let's let's get this let's get this pig done, you know? And it, what if it's not for three hundred? What if we have to wait six months for uh the UFC to really set up a pay per view in South Africa? Should we wait six months? No. Or absolutely not. Okay, I think, yeah, because it's, even the argument in South Africa, if it's pay-per-view, it's going to be a bit of time. It just, I don't think they can yeah. just squeeze it in next couple months. So Absolutely not. Just just take it here. If DDP wins, then you can then then you go to South Africa for his next title defense, and that's it. But it's not like South Africa is a market that is demanding the UFC break into it, and this is their like biggest and best shot. It's not China, right? It's not like, oh, we finally have a Chinese champion. We got to go here now or else we're never going to catch this. South Africa is a fine market they'd like to be involved in, but they they could just go to South Africa for a fight night with DDP in the main event, and it'll be fine. They don't have to do a pay-per-view there. Yeah, that's, I, was, I was actually thinking that if Izzy – if DDP does lose his championship, then yeah, you can run a fight night with him there too. There's there's options, but yeah, I don't yeah, just run the, or just do the rematch in somewhere else in Africa, and it's still just as big. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, or it's I would assume it's actually much larger. I I am not like deeply versed, but I just have to imagine that if they're going to Africa, like Nigeria would just be like a bigger event based on population size. If nothing yeah. else, no. I was actually I, get, but, I was going to ask about that because I don't know enough about the, the economy and you know population this 
uh, how is this person in Africa? But when they had the Nagano, Usman, Izzy kind of champions, they weren't talking South Africa. They were talking like like Morocco yeah. or Nigeria, like northern northern Africa, I assume. I mean, I know that I am dead certain that Nigeria is the most populous country in Africa. I don't know by how much, but like I am absolutely positive that that is true. Um, South Africa, I have truly no idea where it ranks. I'm sure it's better than most, but probably not top yeah. five. Um, but yeah, like I, it just would have, I mean, and also that was the whole, like, if they were going to do the African champions thing, like the three things, it's, you just go to Nigeria. Cause that's where, you know, it works the best, but yeah, if they're just trying to go to Africa, they can go to South Africa with DDP and a fight night card. That's fine. Or if he wins, then you can take a pay-per-view, but take this now it's right here. Let's, let's get this done. This fight needs to occur. We have a tweet from Brett Okamoto of ESPN, and he says, and I quote, Dustin Poirier expands on his recent fights off tweet against Benoit Santadia UFC 299 to me via text. Quote, there is no contractual agreement before the fight was announced, and we couldn't come to terms. Ooh. That is, according to Brett Okamoto, uh, we have not confirmed this. Uh, this is hell yeah. broad, that makes, the literal like broadcast, broadcast partner of the UFC. Now, hell yeah. This seems very That means this fight's happening, boys. And Dustin's going to get a whole extra yeah, bag of money. Dustin, <laughs> Dustin's getting money, but instead of F it, I'm retiring nonsense like a child. He's just like, yeah, I'm not going to fight for the offer you've extended me. So pay me. Which is reasonable. Wait, so so Dustin sure let the UFC promote this fight, put all this, just basically publicize it, sell tickets on it, put him on the poster, do all this. He's not and a- the whole time Dustin's all like, at the last, like, how far is that fight? A month? How far is that fight away? It's month, a month. A month, two, and, month and a half? half. It's got to be a month and a half. It's two so, months. So, March 8th. March so he had, nine, he had Yeah. Nine. So when, oh, yeah. when February 1st came up on his calendar, he had a little thing. It said, scheduled tweet, fights off. Because he, this is brilliant. Bravo. He's learning. That's a Nate Nate move if there ever was one. He learned from Nate. He learned from Connor. You know, just how to make money. This is prize fighting. He is not an idiot. Wow. I like We'll see how this plays out. If if this fight still ends up happening. And by the way, for anyone that's like, oh, but the UFC announced this, blah, 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 blah. Look at what happened with Atlantic City. Look at what happened. They announced things all the time. Sean Brady was not ready to fight Vicente Luque. And I knew that. Like, there's a reason why I was like, they, we talked about this. I'm like, there's something they're working on to headline, but like, I don't know if it's going to happen. And that's why. I mean, Sean Brady went on Rogan and said, dude, I'm dinged up. Probably not going to be able to fight to like April or May. And then they announced it for a main event against Vicente Luque. And now we come to find out a couple weeks later that's not happening. So this happens a lot. This happens a lot where fights are announced before the contracts are signed. It's more of like a, okay, now you got to sign. We already put it out there. So, God, if this is Dustin Poirier, like, playing the game right now, respect. Respect. I was going to throw my hat. I was going to throw my yeah. hat across the room. <laughs> I'm going to put it on my head right now because I'm just going with what I'm feeling at this point. But we'll wow. see. We'll see how it plays out. We'll have to obviously learn more. But, I mean, this yeah. is the freaking broadcast partner that is tweeting this. So yeah. I love it. It's freaking uh, wild. Right. A plus, uh, yes. A plus. All right. Uh, 
Please be true. Super chat from Jordan Childs. All right, Jordan. Well, thank you. Just thank you. Just drop it. Yeah, all right. Yeah. All right. Keep it's it coming. Super chatting with you, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stealing the AK line. Yeah, I was going to say, that's this is gimmick infringement. <laughs> at the, shots shots to AK. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another super chat question from Dom Elliott. I believe, yes, Dom. Two two Uh, pounds, not two dollars, two pounds. mm. Oh, all right. Uh, how are you organizing 300, but how are you organizing 300 as it stands start to finish? Uh, oh, DDP is he one. Like that's the main event. I'm, I'm going to operate under the assumption that's happening until someone tells me that it's not, which is what I've been saying for like over a month at this point. Uh, I'm going BMF title second. And I know that some people take umbrage with that because it's fake belt versus a real belt. And I get that um, I don't care. And I like uh, the strawweight fight. It is five rounds, too, the BMF. It's, it's five rounds. And it's and and more importantly, it's Justin Gaethje versus Mac freaking Holloway, man. Like that's that's just going to be my co-main. And if you don't like it, I, I get your reasoning, but I do not care. Uh, I think there's an argument for maybe switching things up uh, with the third title fight, but uh, not how I handle it. I'll, I'll just give the top three fights the top three fights and go Zhang Weili, Yan Zhao Nan, and I am rounding out. If I am in control of this, that's different than what I believe will happen. Uh, I am absolutely certain Charles Oliver Armand Sarukian will be on there, and I would absolutely have that mm. as I think the I think that would be my main card opener. Let's just start the main card off with the bang, you know. Um, and then what I believe will happen is I believe they will have Holly Holm, Kayla Harrison on the pay-per-view as well as the fifth fight. I would not choose to do that. I would open the event with Holly Holm versus Kayla Harrison. That would be my curtain jerker because that fight has a high possibility of being lame. And uh, I want all the rest of these fights are almost guaranteed bangers. And so let's, let's start the evening with the lowest of the low, as far as like excitement is involved. And I would round out mine with, uh, actually, this would be my main card opener. It's, it's Figgy Smalls versus Of course. course. There was never a world I wasn't going to have that. That's the main (laughs) card opener. Uh, I think that there, that's probably going to be the, uh, the lead in fight because it's, you know, former champ versus former champ going to be a knockout. 
going to be the kind of fight that's like, oh, maybe I should drop 80 bucks and watch this pay-per-view. And I don't have any issues with it, but that would be my main card opener because let's kick the main card off like for reals, you know? Yeah. Well, it's got to be the main event, whether it's DDP Izzy or they bump Connor Chandler. Boy, the people who have a problem with title fights not getting top billing are going to be real pissed if Connor and Chandler gets the main event spot. No title gets the main event over and the, the actual title. But uh, but I'll go DDP Izzy for now. Gaethje Holloway, uh, the Strawway title fight. I'm with you exactly on the main card. Oliver Sarukian's the second fight. Garbrandt Figgy is the main card opener. I do think they're going to put Kayla on ESPN because it's going to be on ABC as well. So like two and a half million people are going to watch Kayla Harrison fight Holly Holm on ABC and ESPN. Uh, so I do think that's going that's to be a shame. Um, <laughs> where, yeah. where are you putting it? Sorry, where are you putting the Strawweight Championship? Where did you? Where did feature you? back. Feature. Yeah. So we go Strawweight oh, title, the BMF. Three, the three spot. Middleweight title fight. Okay, gotcha. All right. Um, I would do I think they're gonna do Holm Harrison as like the featured prelim. You do Yuri. That's the worst idea I've ever heard. But they're gonna do it. They're going to do it. There's no doubt. That in my is mind. gonna make it precisely zero people want to buy UFC three hundred. But what if Harrison just goes in and rinses her? Then a lot of people are gonna go buy UFC three hundred. Maybe that just seems deeply unlikely to me. Also, so do you I do Bo, do you put Bo Nickel in that spot? Again, for them, I think you put Figgy Garbrandt in that spot because a fight is two former champions. The fight's going to bang. But also, legitimately, uh, based on Holly Holm saying that she's not all that inclined to fight Kayla Harrison if she blows weight, I'm not putting her on promotional material like the feature prelim because I don't have any faith that Kayla Harrison's making weight. If she does, great. I was wrong, but I'm not going to set that up as a thing. Like I, I would tuck her on the main card. Or I would tuck her as the co the prelim co main or whatever, but I would not put her in uh, the big spot. I I'm uh, kind of with you and Je- I, I, I I like what you're going with that Jed that with the just a, if Kayla maybe not making thirty five yeah just and you, if Holly's and, not going to fight her which is what it sounds like like I didn't I and she shouldn't by the way I agree. sure I if I'm but, the UFC I would not book this fight if Holly tells me that I she is not going to fight her if she misses weight be like all right well uh we'll go down the line and find another one Misha Tate will probably do it and she's as big a name as you Holly so fine but like I, they are operating with a lot of assumption that she is making 135 and a lot of evidence is to the contrary that that's going to happen so 50 uh, 50 this fight even happens. <laughs> You know, what's the first fight? Like legitimately, I know you. I know you would put Holly and Kayla. I, I, I mean that very seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Put that the first one. I think the first fight will be. I think we're going to get two more fights. As I think we're going to get the main, and I think we're they're going to add one more um, thing, and whatever they add will probably be the first. But if we're just going off what we have here, you got eleven. Right now. That's I, tough, man. Do I do you go Andrade Marina Rodriguez first? Or I, do you go Diego I, Lopez I, first? I think they end up doing Yusuf Lopez, I which is Lopez. I don't have any issues with. Um because that's you know, those are the two least large commodities of all of them that they're working with. And that fight will start things off being quite fun. But uh I think I think the main car I think the whole event gets opened by one more fight. That's like fine but just a little bit lesser you know 
you got to give people time to get in the door. Yep. See, man, in my mind, I'm, excuse me, I'm kind of thinking this has like a, like, like the like the Ryzen, the big Japan New Year's Eve cards. It's not really about the main event. It's about the whole card in general. And I'm hoping, I know American fans don't really think that way as far as when they think of cards and stuff. But like, I would love if, actually, I kind of love the idea of Holly and Kayla opening up the entire card. And just like, so you, so you may, and you, you get really people to, in the door immediately. That's what I'm saying. You get you for the first time ever in Las Vegas, you will have a sold out arena, I mean, a, a filled up arena at the very first fight, which you just never see in Vegas. You'll see that in other countries, but not in Vegas. No, I think if you really heavily advertise, um, that Holly home, Kayla Harrison would be the first fight, you know, on the, the entire card. I don't know. I kind of like that idea. And then, and then, and then, if the fight falls off, it doesn't kill you. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I would just so I'm, I went back and looked. One, I also think there's a real chance that they just say "f it" and put uh, Jim Miller, Bobby Green as the opener. I hate that idea. I think that there's an argument to make that your prelim main event, just because like the narrative around Jim Miller at this point is so large that. That's a pretty good go-home fight to get you in, built into the pay-per-view. I don't think they'll do that, but I'd like him to have a little higher billing. But do you guys know what the what the opening fight for UFC 100 was? Ooh, 100. No, no clue. There's no chance. It's Shannon okay. Gugarty versus Matt Grice. 200 <laughs> was Jim Miller Jim versus Gomi, so that's Gomi. like a much bigger one, but yeah. – I, I feel even at the time, like that fight is bigger now, but at the time, Gomi um, was fondly thought of by several, by like mm-hmm. a section of the fans, but is also not in the best run of his career. Jim Miller was a bit of the always the bridesmaid, never the bride guy. It's not kind of who he's developed into now. Those are the opening fights are fights that are fun and might drag people into the door early. But for people who aren't there early or traffic's a little bad or whatever, you just need it to not be like marquee event stuff. And so I think they should add another fight that's like decent, like a good fight, but just let our ease our way into this thing, you know? All right. Natty Ice goes out and does work this weekend. Turn her perfect. right around. That would be like that would be perfect, right? Like something, something like that. Like a, a up and coming, like a fighter who's got a little bit of shine to him, but still way out of any sort of broader narrative pictures, and get him in there in a fun little scrap to start the evening. Yeah, cool, cool. All right, we got a super chat from Cole Zeman. How many times do we have to hear from Cole in one day? Love you, Cole. I'm just joking. He had two heck of a morning call-ins today. Uh, thoughts on the Roadhouse trailer and Connor's bike vids. I will take 1% credit for calling for the Super Chats. Thanks, Cole. Goats. Yes, you are one of the two. people, Cole. Take take 2% credit, Cole. Ooh. I'm, I'm generous. You can take 2% of that credit. Wow. Uh, thoughts on the Roadhouse trailer, Jed? Uh, it looks bad in a way that I will enjoy a lot, which is high <laughs> praise. Like I, I want to be real clear. Like when I say it looks bad, that is, does not meant pejoratively, right? Like that is, I love trashy film. I, so I watch a ton of movies. I mean this with all sincerity. The best film I have seen this year thus far is the beekeeper. Um, it's the Jason Statham movie. Oh, uh, it's, it's Jason Statham in the silliest film. It's, it's basically crank 
meets John Wick and it fucking rules. It's so dumb and it's so much fun. And like, hopefully that's what this Roadhouse remake will be. I have questions. I also, uh, my other main comment is a lot of people notice like, wow, Connor appears to have a prominent role. I am deeply unsure that that is true. Um, like he, I think there's a real shot that Connor scenes are in the trailer and that's it. Like that he is not in any more of the movie outside of the expansion of what we see in the trailer, which probably makes sense. I do think Connor has a potential to be like one of the better MMA fighters turns actors. I've thought that for a while because uh, back when he was doing like commercials for whatever, like Some several years ago, thing. I the horse racing commercial, yeah. whatever, like it was great. He was fine in that. Like he, great. he was totally like a reasonable entity in that space. And so I think that he could be good in this also from his acting in the trailer. It looked like he leaned into the worst parts of what would make him good in these roles. So we'll see, but the movie looks almost certainly like it's going to be fun. Really doubt it's going to be good. But who cares as long as it's fun? Which is what the first one was. First one is – I mean uh, – Yeah. The first, the first one is not a good film, but it's, but it's quite a fun film. Yeah. It's and got like, scenes in it. Yeah. Terry Funk. You can also – Yeah. Also, there's a pretty legitimate argument that Doug Lyman, the director, like that's sort of his brand. Like so I think The Born Identity is an exceptional piece of cinema that also then births a lot of bad stuff, but whatever. The rest of his movies are fun, and I wouldn't call them good. Mr. and Mrs. Smith is pretty fun. Jumper is pretty fun. A, a lot of people like Edge of Tomorrow more than I do as like a good piece of filmmaking. Oh, we did Edge of Tomorrow. The same guy. Oh, yeah. okay. A lot of people like that and think it's good. I think it's fine, but it, it is fun. Like he, he hasn't made a movie that sucks is my point. So it seems really unlikely this movie's going to suck. Um, I just am not sure that it's like good, but who cares? It's not supposed to be good. It's Roadhouse. Yeah. It's, just, it's supposed Roadhouse. to be fun. So, I'll tell you what. It's a th- It's going to be much better than this movie would have been with Ronda Rousey, which is great. <laughs> and Ronda Rousey was supposed to be Dalton, not not the yeah. Conor McGregor character. People think that was a Conor McGregor character that was supposed to be Ronda. No, it's supposed to be Dalton. Which is such an – whoever thought of that, just I hope they got fired. Because aside from that not working in any aspect to it, like I do kind of like the idea of like, oh, we're going to gender shift Roadhouse. That's sort of a fun concept. Uh, Ronda Rousey is like the worst person I could imagine to do that with. So uh, we've made better choices. Was was Ronda like on the cover of Best Actress magazine or something? Like she was on the cover of Ring? Like what, where, did, where did this concept of her being like this – she was just super be, famous, man. She was if super you want to be famous. a lead in a movie, you could be a part character, like a, I guess like Connor, and just kind of play an exaggerated version of yourself on screen, and it works. But if you're going to do the whole dang movie, you know, as the lead, you got to be, you got to be able to act. <laughs> so I'm kind of, I mean, like, where, where did this come from? Was, was Ronda in some movie or some part that we were like, oh, I can see this for 90 more minutes? No, she was. Uh, I'm like, trying to think what else. She was she's an entourage, but she was kind of playing herself. The Expendables. No. I mean, yeah, right? I think was she not? I genuinely. Oh no, think Fast and Furious. She was, she was, she was in one of. No, oh, was that Gina? Yeah, she was. Gina. No, no, she. Both of them are in a Fast and Furious. Oh, she is awful in the Fast and Furious. It's really, really bad. Okay. Um, I've never seen the Expendables. I, she is in that. I think. I honestly think that it was like, hey, she's just super popular, and Gina Carano, like, kind of made it work. We're like, oh, we could probably do that with Ronda, um, because Gina is in Haywire. Like, she's in a Sodber film. Like, she's. 
That's ridiculous <laughs> when you think about that. But yeah. she's also not bad in it. Like, she's not good in it, but she's not bad in it. Mm. And so there's just like, we could maybe do the same thing with Rhonda. And then they saw her act. I'm like, we cannot. She cannot carry a film. No. This The first thing I thought of when I saw this trailer was like, okay, this looks Expendables okay. three had Rhonda in it in a big role, this, apparently. This is 1,000% a movie you have to watch with like a bunch of weird people. Like three or four like like-minded individuals who are ready to have a good time. And then it's going to be a much more enjoyable experience. This is not one you're just like, eh, you're just kind of laying around and you just throw it. Oh, I don't know, stuff. man. I could absolutely like- believe. I could believe that this is a TNT all-star in like five years, like 100%. <laughs> one, Jake Gyllenhaal is an interesting actor who does interesting shit. And two, Doug Lyman has a, has a litany of TNT all-stars already under his belt. Like... I've seen the Bourne Identity more than most films just because if I'm laying on the couch for ever, it was like, oh, what's on <laughs> right now? Oh, okay, I'll watch the Bourne for a hot minute. I'll watch Jumper. I'll watch Edge of Tomorrow, Tom Cruise looping. Sure, that seems fun. Like, I think this could view. absolutely be both a good, like, friend experience and just a dope, like, I'm hungover and don't want to move today. Let me door dash some fast food and watch whatever's on. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Let's watch. Not for first viewing, though. Not for first. Oh, no, no, no. Not for first viewing, but like, I, there's very much a world where I'm going to see this movie like 20 times. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're about to get to the scene where Jake Gyllenhaal just kills this dude in the octagon outrageously. <laughs> Poor Jay Huron. Hell yeah. I'm going to watch. It was a Jay Huron. I'm like, hell yeah. Let's Jay, watch man. Jake Gyllenhaal dust up Jay Huron. Jay's killing it. Good for that Good for guy. Him. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, yeah, Roadhouse trailer looked good. It looked like it looked like what it was supposed to be. It looked yes. like what it was supposed to be. So. I I do think it's bullshit that they're not giving it a theatrical release. Like, uh, why not? That, Come on. That is a that, to me. That's a really bad sign, though, because uh, that means they've it, seen the final is. product. It's a bad sign. They've seen the final <laughs> product and they go, "Okay, we got an awesome three minutes here." And we'll put that. It's, we'll we'll make three minutes of an awesome trailer. But it's Medellin. It's Medellin from Entourage. Uh, the trail looks mom, great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, second entourage my mom has, reference. My mom has this long-running theory uh, that if you look at a movie trailer and it uh, doesn't have a rating yet, uh, that the film's going to be trash. Because <laughs> And I honestly, it's not like the worst idea I've ever heard. Like, I think there are parts of it are true. I do think that's entirely been supplanted in my head by, oh, this is going direct to streaming. It's like, okay, so that's one step above direct-to-video. And look, there are some direct-to-video films that I found <laughs> quite enjoyable, but none of them are good. <laughs> There's a reason that that's happening. Yeah, if it was like Roadhouse going straight to Redbox, then we'd be like, oh boy. <laughs> it, it is – there's a level of concern for it going straight to streaming. Did Never Back Down get a theatrical release? Oh, yeah, for sure. Sure did. It absolutely You're talking did. about either one – Weekend it's box either, office smash. Never Back Down is either the – one, a – incredible TNT movie. I mean, that movie, <laughs> whew, that's fire. That's either the best or the second best MMA movie of all time. I personally think it's the best, but it's objectively not. But that movie rocks. Also, all of the sequels, I think, are on Netflix, and they're bad and hilarious and super fun. <laughs> what did they get up to? Four? Never back down f- like, again? Uh, <laughs> sounds right. 
So I know two's called the beatdown because one, Michael Jai White just took over the franchise, which yeah, he just took rocks. <laughs> it's just awesome. He's like, I'm I'm gonna step in here and take over. It's like, <laughs> I got. Oh yeah, you are Michael Jai White. <laughs> it's rules. Uh, two's called the beatdown. Um, there's one called Revolt, and there might be another one. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, because Revolt's like, the one with Bisping in it, like where Bisping's like one of the primary baddies or whatever. It sounds like you're naming random UFCs like in the 60s. Like Pretty UFC much. UFC 62, after, Revolt. UFC 64, they did. They just named beat down. Yeah. Instead, instead of never back down three or four, it's like, ah, oh, stuff. What a franchise. Wow. We need more. Yes. Wait, they're, 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 you're right. We are missing a bad MMA action franchise. We're not missing it. It's called Never Back Down. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's it's right there. The most recent one I pulled it up came out in 2021. Oh and my god, 2021. Oh, you're right. Is, <laughs> that, that was the best 2021. One. Oh my. Okay. Wow. I, I was thought I thought we were done. Like by when when, when did Never Back Down come out? Like over 10 years ago. Uh, right. 2011, I think. Let me look. Yeah, down. that's what I thought around that time. Okay. Uh, uh, what is I want to say fan? 2011. Oh, sorry. Tw- two, 2008. Wow. Oh, 2008. I, I think Warrior came out in 2011, which is, for those wondering, the actual best Great anime movie. film ever made. It's you actually like a good movie. I, I have opinions on this, but we'll save that for another conversation. Yes. We okay, have more Super going. Chats to talk about. Let's go. Let's keep them going. More Super Chat. Okay. This is a quick one. It's a yes okay. or no question from Liam, Liam Devine. Thanks, Cole, by the way. Is Jed a homeless cat? I don't think so. All right, we got our I, answer. <laughs> I won. Shouts to whoever it was who did the first homeless one. Apparently, this is going to gain traction. So good for you. I, I didn't see it coming. This is what we were hoping for at the Super Chats. You're not just a regular cat. You're a homeless cat. I, would you rather be homeless cat? Like, would you rather be a feral cat? I've seen the Aristocats, you know, and it seems like <laughs> – Tom Cat is out there living the time of his life, whereas all the yuppie kittens really enjoyed hanging out with him instead of their stuffy home with their mom. Just saying. What a what a what a turn job. <clears throat> Nicely done. The I want to be clear, the Aristocats, that movie rocks. <laughs> I think that that's like a top three Disney animation film of all time. That movie is so good. I've never actually seen the Aristocrats. No, Aristocats. No, no, I've never it's, seen it's Aristocats. Cats. Yeah, I've, I, I've seen Aristocrats. That's that? a different film completely. Yes, very different. You should. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, Casey, I, I mean this very seriously, Casey. You should go watch this. It's like, one, it's an old Disney movie, so it's like an hour. Like, this thing is not a two-hour sit-down. It, it genuinely might be shorter than 90 minutes. Uh, it bangs, and it's got terrific music. You would <laughs> – I'm so confident. You know what? I, I, I have I have Disney Plus. You know, I mean, I, I think it I is your birthday. I assume, yeah, it is my birthday. I assume that it is on there. You should a thousand percent do it. Thomas right, I'm, out, I'm out of here. Cat. Here we go. I'm going to go watch it now. Everybody <laughs> wants to be a cat. Just pull up the, the I'm sure there's a YouTube for everybody wants to be a cat and watch it. Like, <laughs> I'm going to watch this movie. This movie's going to bang because it does. <laughs> It'll be so good. It's the best episode of BTL this is just, ever. This is just a yes or no question, but now we're just talking about cats now. So what did you did you see Cats, the musical? Uh I saw the, the that movie, the, once, the film. I saw that once live. Uh it's one of the worst experiences I've ever had in my life as far as entertainment. Um oh, God. watch the horrific. watch watch the recent film no, that no. came out. 
No, I have no intention. I've seen the musical. Oh, I please there's watch no, it. There's no way it can be good, and I don't hate myself to that extent to subject myself to it. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing I've ever read. I don't understand how it became a Broadway musical and then like was popular. There's not, not a popular. It's 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 character driven, man. It's not a plot driven. It's character driven. Jeez, man. It's the worst thing I've ever sat through. Like it was. <laughs> And I, I enjoy musicals. Like I am a big fan of theater and musicals. It was wretched. It's got that song in it, and that song, that the memory song. That song kind of kill, kills every time. So it's so bad, man. Just here, here are twelve different cats singing about themselves. There's no plot, and then the the poor old one gets drafted up into the sky or whatever the heaven S- metaphor. Spoiler! Is spoiler! Now everyone's Cats have been watched out it. for 50 years. I think it's fine. We need, we need a never our, our back. Need a never if you like cats, you're going to love Aristocats, man. It's actually good. Never back down the musical, Jed. Now we're on, now we're on to something. I mean, that's, that's the best idea I've ever heard, honestly. <laughs> I mean, that would be yeah. off Broadway. Like, they're probably not going to put that oh, it'll on get there. Like, one it'll of the get big there. ones, but... Uh, I would go. I would pay a lot of money to watch that musical. Oh, <laughs> my mind's going places. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> well, <yeah>. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Liam. Great, great question. That was a terrific, terrific <laughs> effort from Liam. Not, I guarantee you wasn't expecting that to happen. <laughs> All right. Uh, now we have a question from Lazy Bed. Lazy bed. What were Feldman and Dana cooking up together? A Mike Perry return? Tony shipped to bare knuckle retirement home? BKFC on Fight Pass? So I must there's have there's a, this. Well, there's a photo of of Feldman and Dana together, and I think Dana also took a picture with Eddie Hearn and the Matchroom guys, which isn't really a surprise because Dana and Hearn are buds, and Hearn's got an event in Vegas, but Feldman was there as well. I don't think this is the first time Dana and Dave Feldman have met. BKFC's trying to get legalized in Vegas, so maybe Dana's trying to give him a little push or something. I don't know. Uh, what do you think this means? Let's just say you saw this photo, Jed, of Dana and Dave Feldman together. Do you think it means anything, or it's just Dave Feldman saying, oh, shit, Dana White, let's take a picture? I would probably make more sense to me to be that. Like, I don't th- – they don't need Fight Pass, right? Like, if BKFC wants to get a – uh, like a broader broadcast deal i think i mean they've got the juice to do that outside of fight pass with 100%. with something and probably i i have no idea what fight pass pays these things but i have to assume they could get more money elsewhere and again it's just fight pass isn't even like that ubiquitous of a service right like i i don't think they would even entertain going on to fight pass realistically and i don't think the ufc would want to pay for them to do it i'm not sure that that would just be a business partnership at this point that makes sense for either side. Um, I mean, I guess the fun thing, there would be a world where it's like, all right, let's figure out some way to sort of, you know, interconnect and some of our aging veterans who have some interest in bare knuckle could come over, but I'm not even sure how that would work. So I would just assume that this is just, Hey, they sort of know each other. They're in, they run in similar circles in this regard. Um, Let's take a photo. Be cool. That's kind of what I think it is, but you can have fun with it. Yeah. Has Dana ever talked about 
I mean, we know he loves watching people slap each other, but has he ever talked about bare knuckle publicly? Like, I'm sure he has. There's no way he's gone through it. all those. I, I, there's no way he hasn't gone through all those press conferences without being asked about it, about something that's happened, like whether it's I a get, Mike Perry fight or something. Also, I, I mean, you know, he's might talk about. Oh, I'm happy for Mike Perry, but has he actually talked about like the sport of bare knuckle? He's, de- kinda, he's definitely. I I I remember him being like, yeah, great for Mike finding sort of his niche. Like that's a thing that's happened. I'm sure he has to have. I just can't remember him talking about it. Probably because if you think about it for more than five seconds, like, oh, this is what Dana should have done instead of slapping. Yeah, and that's like, why I kind of he bring could this have up. just yeah. been the bare knuckle dude too, and that would obviously make way more sense and have better long term prospects. But you know. yeah. He could have partnered with BKFC and did this. He could have partnered with Mazadal to do the like MMA fighters boxing each other. Like, there's a lot he could have done. Like in the, in that regard, where he could form partnerships or, you know, dip the toe in the water, so to speak, in some regard. But yeah, I just think it's two dudes stalking for now. Maybe they're cooking up something, but I don't think it's anything crazy. Like, hey, we'll trade you Conor McGregor for Mike Perry for a night. I don't think we're getting that. I mean, that'd be fun getting cool though that'd be cool all right go back to our super chats <clears throat> thanks lazy bed thank you yes um, good question hopefully it's something good yeah oh this is from oh just a uh, person gentleman maybe spent six dollars to say this happy birthday from gfh times ten thousand. i guess thank I'm you i'm not cool enough to know if that means something other than happy birthday, so happy birthday, Case. Thanks. Times. All right. And did yes. you say one thousand or that's ten thousand, sir? That's ten thousand. That's ten thousand. He, he, he said. He said ten thousand. Oh, right. Ten k, baby. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yes. All right. And another super chat from longtime commenter Terrence Leverett. Hey. Uh, how do you think Molly looks at straw weights? Yes, Molly McCann. Fighting Diana uh, Belbita this Saturday rematch that the world has been clamoring for since their first battle. This it's time at one fifteen. Uh, how do you think she fares at one fifteen? How intrigued are you with this? And I will say, Jed, uh, you guys, I listened to Novet Spard this morning. You and Connor talked about this fight, but neither of you mentioned it was at one fifteen that I could recall because Tapology does have it listed as a flyweight fight, but it is happening at one fifteen. Uh, does this change I don't think I knew. the way you look at the I fight? I definitely didn't know that because I was rocking off tap. And uh, no, why would it? <laughs> I don't think Molly McCann is going to suffer much from cutting the weight. I think that this is a weight class that um, makes sense for her. And, you know, she's had a good run at flyweight, but I think that this is where she'll probably do her best competition. Uh, and she's fighting a woman she already won. Like against and who isn't hasn't improved. Like I think this fight's gonna look almost identical to the first iteration. So um, be good. One fifteen could use sort of Molly's stardom right now. Um, so there's sort of a lull period coming for the weight class. Uh, just a lot of names who have been around for a long time, and uh, Molly at least would be something new and different here. So um, I think she's gonna look great. What do you think, Casey? Do you think this is? Do you think her ceiling is higher at 115, or do you think 
it's kind of similar to 125 where yeah she can get some wins put her on the uk cards she gets the big pops but when it comes to getting a top 10 step up it's just probably not going to go great for her or do you think maybe this is her weight class and maybe she can make a run i think it's the same uh i think she's where does she peak at at 25 ranking wise uh she got ranked it wasn't it couldn't have been top 10 before the blanchfield probably just probably 12 yeah that that means i i kind of see that for molly mccann and whatever weight class star weight and uh and flyweight she's top 15 and and then you know she'll win that fight and then she'll face someone in the top 10 lose that fight and she'll kind of be right in that area um but the big actually the biggest thing i'm kind of surprised at is the I mean I don't know if this tap out I don't know if it's accurate but the card placement she's the seventh very weird very weird that's a these are I like mean, fights this is a, this is the, the placement of the cards crowd, like, though it's, all, it's all weird anyway just putting her in the apex and just, it's just like weird yeah she's, a, she's like, such a big arena fighter I mean I feel I feel like she's become that it's like I don't know it's just I just she find is this the prelim main event Casey so you know <laughs> she's warming up the cage for Gilbert Urbina. Um, yeah, I, I it's, <laughs> it's odd. It's odd. It's odd. Sure. I, I, I just find that more of the story is just on this card and the card placement, not, not main event, not a uh, main event, but not a featured fight. So it's just weird. And I don't Which know what that means, because honestly. like, I'm not saying that this would have done a whole lot. It's not like 297 was a rock solid card. You could have used a little extra juice somewhere in there. I gave it zero stars. So like <laughs> you could have used some help. Molly wouldn't have gotten it over the hump, but yeah. we just made more sense to swap a couple of those out. Like Yeah. It's yeah, this is why she was co main her last fight, co main event in front of over fifteen thousand fans that were cheering for her. And now she's on a mid card on an ape on a random apex card. Um that's just yeah. along with the woman who beat her on that card, Julia Stolyarenko is the third fight on the card. Oh, sorry. Also, shouts to Lazy Bed again. Uh, impossible meatballs. Bang. Wait, how is Stolyarenko farther down? The okay, sorry. Yeah, this whole car placement is wild. <laughs> so I didn't even. I didn't even. <laughs> it's a very. It's a very. They don't care. Is what's happening. Yeah, they I, I, yeah I, I think. Care. I think you've answered the question. Yeah. The next right. two events, they are not interested in. <laughs> it's like. Got to get to 42 before the year's out. Let's put a couple Apex cards together. And we don't have anybody to put on them because we're stacking up (laughs) the pay-per-views this this section of the year. So let's go, Gilbert Urbina. The day day before the Super Bowl, which is also in Las Vegas. Could have done something a little cooler, but it is what it is. All right. And uh, we've got an hour 20 speaking about cats and – Molly McCann, yes. this is wild. <laughs> so uh, we have one more super chat uh, question or comment, rather. Do-do-do. Thanks, Terrence. Thank you, yes. Terrence. Thank you very much. Good hearing from you. Tree, tree fitty. Do you bros get the money from the super chat? I don't know. <laughs> uh, this is. Uh, I, I know nothing uh, about. Legitimately, this. we found out about this yesterday. <laughs> Yeah. Like, was it right, yesterday? Yes, yeah. it was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> we found out about this yesterday. <laughs> at the Tuesday. At the no, meeting. it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. 
Was it two? Oh yeah, because I was thinking it was part of the our our usual Wednesday meeting. But no, we did this special thing on Tuesday. Found out Tuesday, and we're like, hey, instead of doing a competition of BTL, let's just try this thing <laughs> and see what well, happens. Well, we do it once a month anyway, so I figure with like literally yeah. nothing happening at all this week. Okay. I mean, literally the biggest news was Kevin Lee coming out of retirement. That is until this Dustin Poirier thing dropped like twenty five minutes before the show started. Yeah, this is just one that's of those not weeks. even news. That's fake news because that fight's gonna happen. They're just gonna pay Dustin. I love it. Get yours. Son. I mean, it's it's Get awesome. Yours. I fully support it, but that fight is still gonna go on. So, it's fine. probably, probably. Okay, Sergey's insane. I'm sorry. I've been deeply invested in the comments today. Uh, Beyond comments? chicken is better than real chicken is uh, an outrageous hot take. What, what kind? Of, what kind of chicken is? Beyond chicken is better oh. than real chicken. Uh, right. just well, a, well, they, don't really, they do like chicken. They do like chicken. I mean, I I eat a lot of Beyond stuff. I like Beyond burgers a lot, actually. But I haven't done the Beyond chicken, and Beyond chicken does I don't like not. The burgers. You know? No. Like the a meatballs. Lot of, a lot of people. Like, over, a lot of people overcook them. I'm telling you, a lot of people overcook them. Could just, be the case. Like I don't think the stuff's bad. I just think it has a place and it's different. And like I have a very clear expectation on burgers somebody and i don't i haven't found it somebody that was like beyond meat's perfect for stuff like spaghetti i'm like yes that's correct because there's a lot of other stuff going on and so it's it's like fine like, that's why the meatballs are good uh i a burger is 90 percent burger i need that to be cow well more cooking and baking advice with jed mishu coming up next week on between the links but Hey, we got a UFC event this Saturday, UFC Vegas 85. We will preview. Cole, Cole my T-Swift takes are, I don't care. People like her, and that's fine. Yeah. There she has go. some songs that I enjoy, but I, that's it. I don't have a lot of hot takes on Taylor. Hey, look, you can't, you can't blame her for this. The NFL is the one that's like putting her on screen every five seconds. They're she not, they're not, they're not even putting her on that much. It's wait, been a wait, total wait, wait. of two minutes. Wait. We got more. Exactly. We got more Taylor Swift saying, talk. I was just saying, Taylor Swift has been on screen for a total of two minutes in the playoffs. She's not on that much. It's the same as you get Nicholson at a freaking Lakers game or whatever. Like, it's just fine, and I don't care. I'm if if they're happy, good for them. She makes music that other people. I don't understand why people are in lo- as in love with her as they are, but I don't need to. It's fine. I don't understand why anybody has sort of that level of uh, adoration for another individual because I have never felt that whoever it may be but you know <laughs> rock on swifties you like your right. tunes she's got some good ones just shake it off shake it off Ooh. you know well i don't know about you but i'm feeling 22 and it's time to get on wow. out of here. back next you week competition it, style i think casey's <laughs> today was a fairy tale on btl yeah. for jed for the birthday boy casey Lydon. Hey. we'll be back next week we'll preview show tomorrow all sorts of fun stuff and the iconic voice of Esther Lynn takes you home. Thank you very much. Good night, everybody. Chickens are not goats. They're not goats, ladies and gentlemen. Love y'all. This has been Between the Links, an MMA fighting production on the Vox Media Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA 
for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.